0: The Mom Hour is brought to you by The Essential Calendar. Sarah, this is our favorite calendar for busy moms because its beautiful and simple design shows around three months at a time.
1: Yeah, and with summer fast approaching, now is a great time to get The Essential Calendar and see what I've been raving about all these years. Get 10% off your order at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. That's 10% off at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. Hi, I'm Megan and I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us from preschool to teen. This is the show where we help you feel better about the mom you are and share our own parenting tips and personal stories. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey,
0: everyone, and welcome to episode 121 of the Mom Hour. I'm Megan Francis here, as always, with Sarah Powers. Hey, Sarah.
1: Hey, Megan. How are
0: I'm pretty great. And today we're going to be talking about laid back moms versus uptight moms. I love this topic because we are going to turn it on its head because everyone has the idea that I am like this, like, I don't know, free spirit, laid back mom, just kind of floating along, loving life and that you're totally kind of, I don't know anal retentive and type A. That's kind of our shtick. Yeah, that's our
1: shtick. And we play off that a lot, which is fine. And
0: it's it's sometimes true, right? Yeah, Yeah, totally. But that there are things that we very much break that mold on. And I think what we're going to kind of demonstrate in this episode is that there's no such thing as being totally laid back about everything or being totally uptight about everything. All of us, there's a spectrum and all of us have our issues and all of us, you know, kind of reach across that spectrum at some point.
1: Totally. I love this. It started as kind of just like a fun, fluffy topic. Like, let's talk about the ways Sarah is not uptight and the ways that Megan is not laid back. But actually, as we've been <laughs> prepping here, it's brought up some bigger themes, which is like we, we get to choose what we're quote unquote uptight about. And and as moms, like you said, it's, it's not all black and white. We're not all one or all the other. And I know our listeners are going to totally laugh at us and also maybe see themselves in some of these yes, things. And so, laugh at themselves a little bit, which is yeah. great.
0: That's from our, our place.com, code MomHour. Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So, this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor, Factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious.
1: Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go.
0: Yeah. And for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle, whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle.
1: Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour50 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, so here we go. I am the controlling and detailed one, and you're the free spirit, right? Ugh, you're such a drag, Sarah, <laughs> and I am so fun all the time. <laughs> Our longtime listeners, I mean, they kind of know. That's, like, the deal. Hopefully, they don't see us quite i I extreme, don't think they do. But
0: honestly, if people, like, followed, you know, if people followed that sort of, I don't know, stereotype to the T, they would just see my kids, like, walking around like pig pen, you know, in the yeah. peanuts with just, like, like waves of yeah. dirt coming off of them and, and um, you know, and, and not ever getting anywhere on time. And interestingly enough, those are two things that I'm, I'm not, you know, super uptight about, but cleanliness and getting places on time are two things. I'm actually fairly rigid ish about. So, yeah, You just never know, right? You
1: never know. So what we do, and you don't bathe your kids. Yeah, and I never bathe my kids or clean my house. So Um, there you go. So yeah. So the way we thought we'd do this is we each kind of made note of a few things where we're breaking type here. Where I am actually super relaxed, and you might be a little more. I don't know. Controlling. I'm always looking for the right word for this other thing because it's not usually very flattering. Concerned. Fastidious. particular, Particular. particular? I like like that that. word. Okay, so why don't you go first? What's one way that you are not laid back?
0: Okay, so I have a real problem with kids being rude or being perceived as rude. I don't know if this is something I grew up with. I remember this being a big thing in my house. Like, you did not uh, invite yourself over to another kid's house. You Mm -hmm. did not open up a friend's refrigerator. You did not put yourself out there really in front of um, a friend's parent. And I remember my mom saying things about kids who would come over like, she's fresh. I remember that being a word. (laughs) Fresh was one. Um, She's very familiar. I remember that being another one. Oh, she seems very familiar. And that was not a positive thing. And so I think that I absorbed that. And that's been one of those things where I'm not even sure if I really care sometimes so much if my kids do things like invite themselves over to a friend's house or don't follow some kind of etiquette, but I react and it's something that I am extremely particular about. And my kids, it's kind of funny. They're like, you don't really care about, you know, you're so laid back about other things, but why is it that we can never, um, we can never call a friend and see if we can go to the play at their house. I was like, that's just not how it's done. It's just, just don't do that, you know? And so I would, I would like to say that I've eased up on that a little bit. And I guess I have only in that I have found that with sometimes with like the older kids, otherwise if they don't ever kind of ask if the other kid can do something, sometimes things just don't happen. So sometimes you kind of have to break that rule. But it's
1: ingrained in you,
0: but it is ingrained in me and it is something that's very hard for me to get over. Yeah. Interesting. Isn't
1: that interesting? And I'm like a, like a West coast heathen where like we abandoned all etiquette, like in the (laughs) eighties. I don't know. Um, So, Okay. One way that I maybe am a little more relaxed is my kids eating vegetables. And maybe it, I'm just a terrible parent, but like I gave up a long time ago trying to introduce new vegetables to my kids. Now this is like temporary I hope cuz I didn't really like vegetables till I was like in college. So I don't um hide anything in smoothies. I don't really I just put out baby carrots and they sometimes eat them and that's pretty much the only vegetable my kids eat and I just don't really Try. I don't try very okay. hard. I've like try stopped trying. Yeah. No, and it doesn't keep me up yeah. at night. It really doesn't. I feel like fruit. Uh, time in time, they'll like vegetables. Yes, they I don't will know. in time. Yeah, everything's fortified these days. Yeah, and I just—I <laughs> guess it's like not—it's a low priority for me. Like uh, there's other things about health and yeah. wellness that I care about. That's not one of them. And I've just—I've never—I've just never cared enough to go overboard trying to get them to eat vegetables. So. Yeah,
0: no, that totally makes sense. And um, they don't. I get it. I'm I'm not super <laughs> uptight about that. I've gone through phases where I've been uptight about it and then I kind of just let it go because I realized that me trying to control it only has so much effect anyway. Yeah. Um so yeah, no, I totally get that one. So, okay, I guess I'll move on to my next yeah. one. So, something that drives me crazy that I'm very um particular about is being on time. And This has long roots. Like, I was habitually late my entire life. And then I had a job, my first like real job when I was 19 or 20, that wasn't just like waitressing or whatever. Right. And um, I worked as a marketing assistant at this place that sold weird stuff. Like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> kind of like an oriental trader. Yeah. But yeah I want to yeah. say they had a lot of like head shop type stuff, too. OK. So bongs and things uh-huh. just a, like a like a random. But it was like it's a big warehouse and okay. I was working as a marketing assistant and I took this job very seriously. But I was late three times. I was two minutes late three wow. times and I got fired. <gasps> I got fired. Two
1: minutes.
0: I know it was devastating, like devastating. But the woman who was my boss was paying attention, really close attention. Yeah. And she was very particular. And I was doing a great job, but she was basically just like, nope, you'll learn one day, blah, blah, blah. And I remember her saying something like that to me. Like, I don't remember exactly what she right. said, but like, this will be a lesson to you. was one of those things. Wow. And I have to say that really, really sunk in. Um, then after that, I started having kids and that made it really hard to be on time for stuff. Yeah. I just found suddenly, you know, You lose so much control like you, you know, I was I felt like I was constantly late when my kids were really little. Mm -hmm. The funny thing is, I don't think I really was. I think I was always running. You were just probably
1: trying really hard not to be. But I was right.
0: But I felt super anxious. And then when uh, Jake and Isaac, like when I was first adjusting to working full time when they were really little and they were late to preschool a handful of times and I would feel like that would ruin my day if they were five minutes late to preschool, it would ruin my day. So anyway, it's just kind of built up, built up. And then and then there comes a point where suddenly your kids aren't little anymore and they can get their own shoes on. And suddenly getting out the door in time isn't really that hard anymore. And now it's like I'm always running a little bit ahead. Yeah. So (laughs) it's it's just one of those things like I know when you have little kids, it's so hard. And even though it was really important to me, I know when my kids were small and even now. Yeah. Sometimes I'm just running late. And, you know, back when like Clara was a, a toddler was probably the last time I was consistently still running late a lot but i feel it hard now yeah. and when i was younger i didn't really care too much so that's an interesting thing that that switched for me yes. as an adult and well, i i think it also became like a like a like a symptom of me being a real adult was when i can get yeah. places on time and so now i'm very sensitive to and it and you've talked on the so. show
1: before about like part of your personality being you know not wanting to let anybody down wanting to be seen as yeah having stuff together so comp- i can see how competent yeah yes i can see how that would translate um well i don't yeah. think you've ever been late to meet me anywhere i don't oh, think that's nice yes
0: yeah. we've we've had a lot of times that we we both are late to record but we yeah, usually talk about it before i feel like that doesn't count
1: that <laughs> like doesn't
0: uh, count. we'll be there be there in 10 minutes yeah, uh, i'm almost
1: ready yeah. um okay so my next thing that i am not uptight about is my kids bathing, like almost ever. All of my children are... <laughs>
0: <laughs> I you love know, that in the outline you put bathing ever. That <laughs> kids, was
1: kids okay. bathing ever. So to clarify, my kids get showers or baths about twice a week, but I just don't care if it's more than that. And granted, my kids are all pre-puberty and post-sticky toddler. So they're at a good age to bathe twice a week. Like I understand how sticky babies and you know, spitting up babies and toddlers who are literally rolling around in dirt need baths more often. I, I also have gone through phases where a bath was something to do with little kids when, the, you know, to like make the evening pass. So I've totally been there. But I yes. just I um like I have friends who I know, especially as their kids get older, but even older, like eight, nine, ten, they like if they come home from. Any kind of a sport or activity, they send them right up to shower. And I just don't. I feel like unless unless I'm smelling really stinky kids or I'm starting to see even like dirt under the nails, I just have them wash their hands really well. So I'm not an every night bath person. If they skip one and they only bathe once a week that week, doesn't bother me. I'm just I'm sure that will yeah. change with with hormones and puberty and stinky kids. I know that has to change. But yeah. for now, I'm cool with dirty kids. Wash your face and hands yeah, and brush I- your teeth and I'm good.
0: I know people, too, who's like that's part of their, their nighttime routine with their, their older kids is like a shower, a bath every night. Yeah. That has not been a routine for us since my kids were, like you said, like toddlers. And I just wanted something to do with them. Right. Like put them like in the bath. It will make the them tub. happy.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. It will make them happy. They won't complain for a while. It gives me a little bit of a break. I yep. can clean the bathroom, whatever. Um, so since then, I would say none of them have bathed that regularly. Except for now the teenagers when they started to smell. That yeah. was when I wanted them to bathe again. But yeah, yeah no, I'm, I'm with you on that one for sure. Um, not something I'm super anal about. I am a little weird about Clara's hair. Mm-hmm. I find myself fretting about her hair. Maybe because she's my only girl and she's the youngest. And I don't, I still don't quite know what to do to make her hair look okay. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I fret like...
1: about hair too. Because my girl's hair looks nasty. when it's... it's not a cleanliness thing, though. It's a brushing thing, I would say. Yeah, yeah. yes.
0: I have gotten much better about um, braiding her hair every night before school or before bed so that in the morning I can brush it out really easily. Right. Um, I didn't do that for a while and I live to regret it every single morning that I didn't do it. But yeah, no. (laughs) Yeah. Kids bathing ever. Who needs it, right? Yeah.
1: I mean, everything in (laughs) moderation, including baths. (laughs) Yeah.
0: All right. So I have one. uh, Actually, I have two more, I guess, that I am not particularly laid back about. And one of them is... More about little kids. I will say these aren't things that I'm super paranoid about anymore, but water and roads and parking lots. Okay. I'm putting those, I'm grouping those together because to me, those are like two to three, um, almost like these knee jerk danger zone. Yeah. Places. Safety,
1: safety, safety reactions. zones. Right. Yeah. And
0: so, yeah, some of the most, some of the most panicked and terrible, like reactive parenting I've ever done has been in a parking lot. Or by the side of a pool.
1: Mm -hmm. Interesting. Like
0: flipping out, not even like taking a second to assess the situation and see what actually happened or to really judge the level of danger. My kid who broke out of my hand and ran, you know, actually was in, but just an all out flip out. And when I'm talking about water, I'm not just talking about falling in the water. I'm talking about running by the poolside. Like Mm -hmm. I'm the parent perched on the side (laughs) of the, uh, even now, like, even though my kids don't do this anymore, but I'm like perched on the side of the beach chair thing going walking feet, walking yeah. feet, walking feet to every kid. Yeah. Every yeah. kid walking past me, whether I even know who they are or not. I just I just had this thing about pools, especially, which is yeah. weird because I live by Lake Michigan, which is deadly. Yeah. And I'm I obviously have a very um, healthy caution of it. Yeah. But I am way more freaked out by pools. Don't know right. why. Interesting. I just am. Do you remember that actual.
1: being like in your growing up that water was like uh, not a scary thing, but like a safety, something you were kind warned I, about, sort or of... yeah, no, maybe well, it's from no. having so many kids like around water and in parking lots, you physically cannot hold everyone's hand, and you did have a lot. You, you know of what? that's kids. so
0: true. Like you, you will, you will never know how truly how outnumbered you are. <laughs> Until you're in a parking lot, yes. by a busy street with five kids, or next to a pool. At least with a beach, they can only enter so fast, right? Right. You know what I mean. They can only get into the water like at whatever rate. But like at a pool, they yeah. can all fall in at once. Yeah. So yeah, it's just a very different story.
1: Yeah, I, I can see that, and I would say I'm not. Um, I I'm not any more uptight in those scenarios than I am in the rest of my life. So I would not say that that's like a big trigger for me. Although, you know, obviously they are safety concerns and I react accordingly, but they don't trigger me that way. So that's interesting. Um, Okay. So my next one, I put housework in general, and then I decided to clarify, because I think with housework, we all have our things we're particular about and our things that we let slide. So that's not, I'm going to get more specific, but one thing that I just, I don't care all that much about that. I think most people do is leaving my house without picking up. So when I I go on vacation with dishes in the sink. I'm not exaggerating and I know that makes a lot of people just want to squirm out of their skin. I try not to. I understand that it's so much more pleasant to come home from vacation or even, you know, a a full day away from your house to a clean house. I just can't pull it off. I don't know why. I'm super organized in a lot of areas in my life but I either uh, don't I, care I enough. S- I wish you could see my face right now. <laughs> I know you're dying and I'm sure our listeners I'm are dying. I'm just
0: imagining well, I'm just imagining what it would be like to come home from vacation and find like food covered dishes,
1: yeah, I try not to have them food like what covered, if there were but...
0: what if there were flies on them? I know. do you at least put them in the
1: dishwasher so they yeah, so d- nothing can get to them I do try I try i mean i that was the yeah. most extreme reaction, but it's uh, when I leave the house for the morning, um like my kids often get dressed downstairs like in the middle of the floor, and they might leave their clothes on the floor because that's maybe another thing that I'm not as fastidious about. But, like, I'll leave my house with, like, dirty underwear on the family room floor. I mean, I know that I'm the one coming home, but it's funny because I have a friend down the street who <laughs> we often will check in on uh, each other's dogs if we're gone longer than a few hours. So that she has an old dog and I have a puppy. And so we'll text and we'll be like, hey, can you just go by and let the dog out for a minute? And I always am like, I'm so sorry that you're going to have to see my house. And when I go in her house, it's like spotless. And we've just sort of laughed about it. <laughs> she's like, you know what? She's like, I don't do it. I, she's like, I do it because it makes me crazy if I don't do it. And I'm like, you know what? I totally respect that. Cause I have things like that where it's not that I think I'm better than anyone. I just, it makes me feel sane yeah. to be this way. But with my, w- I wish I left my house clean, but I just don't, I can leave the house. Well, you with, don't, you don't like, wish it enough. Cause if you right. really did, exactly. Then, exactly. Then it would matter to you. exactly. Right.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, and that's funny. Like I have been known to, and it has, for me, it has absolutely nothing to do with what I think of other people or what they think of me. Cause no one's going to see my house while I'm on vacation anyway. Right. Um, but I have left my kids and my family sitting in the car while I've cleaned the kitchen. Yeah. Like I have before made them all get in the car <laughs> so that they're out of my hair so that I can clean the kitchen. And they just wait. Yeah. In the car for me. Just because like if they're all in there, if I'm say I'm trying to clean up the kitchen and we're all getting ready to yeah. go on a vacation, like a week vacation or something, or even a weekend or a night, they're all going to be bumbling around, sure. getting out cups, Definitely. putting milk in the cups, whatever. So I'm like, no, get in the car, buckle yourselves up. Sometimes I'll go start the car and put some music on. they are old enough. I can do that now. Yeah. And then I come back in and I just clean because I can't stand the idea that I'm going to come back. I know. I think and I need to do everything. I pick I stuff up. I, I, I think know. you're
1: more normal than me in, in a way. I think that is a really natural thing to want to do. And it's something we're trained to do. And I'll probably get you, better about it. <laughs> do you think
0: you're just rebelling against yourself a little bit?
1: I, I think wonder sometimes. I, you know, I don't know what it is. I don't know. I mean, I don't really like to come home to a messy house, but I've gotten pretty used to it. And OK,
0: I don't know. Well, no judgment. If we ever go on vacation and I come to your house, right, you know, at the end or something. Yeah. And I walk in and there's all your underwear on the floor. I know. I won't be be upset about it. It just is. (laughs) It just is. All right. Uh, All right. Well, I think we each have one more, right? We do. Okay. so and I think the next one we're going to contrast each other a little bit, which is kind of fun so this one's more of a new mom thing for me. This is not as much of a topic, an issue for me anymore, just because my kids are older and it just doesn't happen. But when I was a younger mom and had littler kids, um, like parenting in public was huge for me. I really was very hung up on, and it's kind of funny how a lot of these things tie in together. Mm -hmm. I was very hung up on my kids appearing to be pleasant Mm -hmm. and not rude. And I was also very hung up on appearing to be competent. So those two things together make public parenting yeah. a, a tinderbox because yes. you're not always going to look competent as a parent. You, and your you kids are definitely not always
1: going to No. Your be kids are not always going to look
0: polite and nice, yeah. right? And so the the combination of those two things led to me to have a lot of stress and anxiety when my kids were smaller. Um I will say by the time Clara was younger even, I mean, really honestly, I was kind of outgrowing it even by the time Isaac was like a preschooler. Um where I was able to just deal with those public tantrums. Now I would still be mortified, but I was able to hide it. And yeah. then, you know, it's like when you fake it till you make it like mm-hmm. the, the first few times you pick up a screaming toddler and you just walk calmly out of a store and you don't flip out or end up bargaining with them or yeah. begging or explaining to people around you. After you do that a few times, you just get, you get kind of used to it. It's like practice. And then and it, feels realize- good, it feels pretty good. Actually, like it's great. like a little
1: shield of armor.
0: Yes. And then you realize like nothing bad happened. No one followed me to my car and told me I was terrible. Yeah. Um, They didn't call the police because I left the cart in the aisle like (laughs) nothing bad happened. I just did what I had to do. And then the more you do that, the more it gets easier to do that. So I realized that. But I will say that was a big thing that I was very, very anxious and uptight about when my kids were really little. My older kids, especially.
1: Yeah. And that's um, just to piggyback. Public parenting is one thing that I just it's not that I don't care but it has never been um, a trigger for me, so I'm able to just kind of ride out public tantrums without without a lot of that that a lot of new moms go through and I don't know why I don't know if I I think I had a pretty good like baseline education in whether it was books or my mom telling me like it's normal, it's not you, like you're not going to make it better like I don't know why I just was able to always just kind of not care about that yeah. or because it's not you would think i would be really uptight about that stuff too but um it just ha- it just doesn't bother me i i almost like the chaos in the house and like escalating fighting and whining and stuff is almost a bigger trigger than me f- trigger for me than like a big old public tantrum for some reason <laughs> that one i just ride out it's like all right we're doing this let's do it <laughs> I yeah don't know. Let's do it. Come
0: on. Let's see Love what you got.
1: Yeah, let's see what you got. Let's see how calm I can stay in the face of this hurricane.
0: I just realized, Sarah, that I think that you had an ulterior motive for this episode. What? Make you you seem uptight? (laughs) (laughs) You wanted to talk about all the ways you're super cool and laid back and you wanted to make me seem uptight.
1: Well, that's a, like one episode out of like 100,000. I
0: know, I know. You know, you can always talk about the other ways that you're not uptight, by the way. I'll just I randomly like insert them. them. They were,
1: or was that all of them? That's it, that, that's it. That was it. Everything else that I freak out about. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny.
0: Sarah, our sponsor Hia Health makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya vitamins have loved them. wearable well-being for your feet. Awesome. Well, what are we doing to ourselves now? Are we going to out ourselves in some new way?
1: No, I think we're going to back up a little bit, put a little soft focus lens on this topic. (laughs) Nice. I love this. Talk about Why knowing yourself in these areas, whether you feel like you're an uptight, uptight mom or a laid back mom or probably a combination of the two. Maybe you're a newer mom who's trying to transition from being an uptight mom to relaxing, because, of course, a lot of this comes with time, but not all of it, as we've seen. Like there are things that you just are particular about, even if you've been a mom for 20 years. So, um I want to start with a post that you wrote a few years ago, which it's fun to do this every so often to pull up our old blog posts. Uh, We used to write. I know we did. We were bloggers (laughs) once upon a time. We were. We were. Um, So you wrote this post for The Happiest Home, and it was kind of in response to this, like at the time it was calm the bleep down, which was like kind of memes and like a theme going around social media, like. Gosh, parents. I
0: feel Cal- like it was actually like it was actually called like CTFD parenting. Yeah. Like like, it was a thing. Like I had a hashtag.
1: Yeah. Um, it's funny how these things like come in and I out know. and swing through. But your point was it doesn't do us any good to tell somebody else to calm the F down about right. something that is important to them. Um, and that we all have our things that are that we are fastidious about and other things that we don't care about. And it doesn't do any good to sort of use. What you care or don't care about as a measurement of how you measure up against someone else. So I'm going to read a little bit um, because I think this is a really great post and we'll link to it in the show notes and then we can chat about it. But here's what you wrote. I think we need to realize that the world of raising children goes beyond our own experience of it, that there are bigger concerns than our own particular ones. That just because we don't have much of an opinion on a certain topic doesn't make other parents wrong for caring a lot about said topic. We can't all carry a torch for every issue, no matter how worthy or important. There aren't enough hours in the day. But just because something doesn't get me worked up doesn't mean that the parent who cares about it is wrong. Not every parent has the benefit of years of experience to soften her anxieties. And some parents have had experiences I can't even imagine, don't want to imagine, that have shaped the landscape of their personal convictions. But I don't have to have a certain experience or feel a certain way to understand why others might. It's empathy and the lack of it. The inability to put ourselves in another person's shoes for a moment is, I believe, what's behind parent on parent judgment to begin with.
0: Yeah, you know, because what really what I remember having this very knee jerk. Gosh, this has been years, like I think four it was years, five years. Yep,
1: You're Yeah, you're good. It was OK, four years. so
0: five, four. like four years. Mm-hmm. Um. I remember having this reaction to this meme and just thinking, everyone's trying to hide behind this like cool exterior and talking about how they don't care about something, telling someone else to to calm down, but it's just their defensiveness talking. It's just like taking defensiveness and then wrapping it and like turning it around and then making the other person defensive for feeling strongly about something. It's like the exact, it's like the opposite side of the same coin. And so, yeah, we cannot have it both ways. We cannot, you know, um act like everything that we we care about is the most important thing in the world but we also can't act like anything other people care about is unimportant because we don't it's just you're just feeding into both it's the same so yeah
1: i i know yeah. I, I love it i realized i should have had you read your own words i don't know why i always oh, that's that, okay i like to read oh it, like sarah to you're to just aloud. so uptight that's I am. why i'm super controlling <laughs> um you know what i think the 2017 equivalent of this is a little bit and i might get in trouble for saying this but i feel like now it's kind of cool to be like the hot mess mom like the mom who can't get it together oh yeah and you know there's like funny videos and like funny memes but at the same time then like if you do have your you know what together then we've got to instagram that and show that too do you know what i mean so it's almost like it's like it's sort of like an updated version of this and it's a little different it's more about like you know how you've got your outfit together for the day and your the right. lunch is packed and all of that but i feel like it's almost a badge of honor to like to be in the hot to, mess club <laughs>
0: and to act like you don't care
1: and to act like and you don't care is, about we it. all care
0: right everybody cares everybody yeah cares. so that's yeah and 10 years ago it was called slack it was a slacker mom yeah yeah i mean that was like the term then and it was the same thing it was like i'm cool because i'm a slacker mom and i remember being like can't we just all be like you know moms and stuff and I don't know. We're good at some things and not good at other things. I don't know. That's just being a human to me. So yes.
1: And I, and same with, same with caring or calming the F down. It's like, hopefully after listening to the first half of this conversation, even our listeners are realizing that like, nobody is all uptight or all laid back and that we have our things and we can laugh about our things and we can try and relax a little bit, or we can try and get our, you know what together a little bit, but some of it is hardwired and some of it is just accepting and owning our stuff and not using that, like I said, to um, apply any kind of a judgment or label on right. the people who care about different things or who are high strung about other things. So, right. I don't Absolutely. know. One one question I thought that would be kind of interesting to explore is like for you being more laid back. Do you sense a difference between the things that when you're laid back, it feels good and it feels megany and it feels like settled versus being laid back to a point that you're starting to feel out of control. Does that make sense? Like, has that yes. come up for you mm-hmm. in motherhood?
0: Yeah. Oh gosh, tons. Um, for so, how me, do you know the difference? Kind say, of. Yeah. I'm very intuitive about this stuff. So, like, for me, it's never something I can really define. But I would say it's like it literally is in my body. Where I will feel when I have gotten too laid back, where I've gotten like too out of touch, or I, I will start to feel just disconnected from everything. I'll almost start to feel just really. Like lethargic,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, almost to the point where I can't get any momentum or I can't get any traction on something. And that, I mean, it's really hard to define it, but I just know it when I feel it. It doesn't feel right, you know. It's like it's it, things I start to get, or I'll have little moments of panic because mm-hmm. I'll know I missed something important, mm-hmm. and the panic just pops up out of nowhere, and I'm like, "What was that?" You know. And it's because I, because it's, I went too far in the other direction, mm-hmm. and I know. Like I can just sense that something is being missed. Like I'm not, I'm not on the ball enough. I am missing um, important cues mm-hmm. or things that need to be happening to keep things in track. So I, I find that I'm pretty tuned in. And so I can usually head that stuff off of the past pretty quickly. Um, If anything, I think I overreact to stuff sometimes like I overfeel.
1: So then you go go try to like put yourself on a strict schedule structure. Is that kind of what you mean? Like try to bounce back too far in the other direction? Well,
0: I I just I think what it is. What I really mean is like I feel it before. I feel it bigger than it is. I feel Mm. it. I feel something spiraling out of control when really it's just not quite in control.
1: Right. Because for you, probably laid back doesn't feel laid back. It feels normal. It feels good. So right. then when you go past that is when it starts to feel out of control or exactly. like you said, like yep. like something's missing. I remember you talking yes. about, um, I'm sure this was another blog post, but it sticks in my mind, about um, you having this idea that you were not a schedule mom and not a structure mom because that wasn't in your personality. And then realizing after a couple of babies and kids that even... Even a non-schedule or a non-structure mom needed some structure. Am I making that up, or did you talk? Yeah, about that I, one I time? definitely needed yeah.
0: some kind of parameters, something around me to help me keep things in line. And now, you know, I've 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 matured into it, right? So now, for me, um, that structure might look like beginning my day at the same time every day, ending mm-hmm. my day at the same time every day, and having dinner around the same time every day. Yeah. And that might now be like all the structure I really need. But I needed a little bit more when mm-hmm. my kids were little and unpredictable. And um, I really needed help, like figuring out how to use my time. I've gotten really good at just doing that naturally. But that's taken now a decade right. and a half. So, yeah,
1: I have another question for you. I feel like this is turning sure. into a personality oh interview. Gosh. Do this you is. ever get sensitive about like the term laid back or being like having it implied that Megan's so laid back? She's super relaxed. She's super chill. She doesn't care what her kids do. Like, do you ever even when people <laughs> don't mean it? Has that been yeah. a trigger point for you? I know because I do feel that way on the other end. I get defensive about being labeled as controlling, even though I totally know I'm controlling. Oh
0: sure, yeah. <laughs> I mean, because like I told you before, one of my biggest triggers has always been, and it's something I've I've worked on, and I think I'm getting better at, is being seen as competent. I think yeah. uh, having kids so young made me that way in a lot of ways. Having a lot of kids, where people assume that means you have no idea what you're doing, kind of created a little bit of that as well. So yeah, I think. That when people, it depends how people say it. Sometimes they yeah. say it like, wow, you're so laid back. I can't believe your kids are decent human beings. And that <laughs> feels good. And when people say, you know, and they wouldn't really use those words probably, but it would be, it would be more implied that my life is just um, kind of like controlled chaos. And who knows how things even get right. done or that you don't do care get bit, yeah, or that I don't care. Yeah. I, I do get a little defensive and yeah. I try not to, because I, I realize people say things and often don't mean it the way it comes out or or don't they don't understand your triggers. Yeah. You know, they don't understand how important that is to me sure. or how triggery that is. So Well so, yeah. and
1: and I've heard it said like some of our listeners, I feel like, have commented commented that they like inspire to be like Megan, who cares and wants routine and structure, but isn't a slave to it. So I think it's a compliment. I know I've I've heard it said that way about, but I was I was just curious because on the flip side, I totally can feel can take things the wrong way when someone might be trying to compliment me for being organized or being on top of things or being thorough. I, you know, right. Then I feel like, then I'm like, well, I'm laid back. Right. (laughs) Hey guys, I'm fun too. No, I'm not. Check me out. Um, Well, on that look,
0: am I allowed to quiz you now? Yeah. Go for it. Okay. So I guess my question for you would be like when on the flip side, when does being organized and more disciplined, you know, feel good and Sarah E to you. Mm -hmm. And then when does it become that sort of like, you're just a big drag and can never be spontaneous. And when does that give you anxiety and not make you feel in control?
1: Right. I think, I I think one of the ways I know is if I find myself being controlling about things that no one else (laughs) really, no one else cares about or only exist in my to-do list or in my planner, I realized that I'm probably spinning those wheels out of avoidance of something else. I'm probably, you know, like how they always say, like you, you fill your time or you, you do things to sort of avoid being whatever, being present in the moment or being Mm -hmm. creative. So I, I think that's one way I know is if I find myself sort of inventing ways to be productive or structured, I'll, I'll, I will catch myself going future into the calendar just to see what's coming up. So I can like look at it and, figure it out (laughs) and not even stress about it but it's almost like a comfort thing and then i'm like okay that's probably not necessary right now like that's not really the best use of my time is just to look at the schedule again um one thing that came up when i was thinking about this is in parenting stuff i thought of two things that i'm relatively uptight about but that i've had very different um feelings about so one is screen time and i'm really structured about screen time like i my kids have really limited screen time i've always been I've controlled it. We have routines about it, like how much you get. But it's not a it doesn't feel stressful to me. I don't I don't feel judged or judging about it. It's like really a non I feel very neutral about it. It's the way I choose to parent my kids. But I don't spend a lot of time like defending it or talking about it or like wondering Mm -hmm. if it's the right thing. It's like a really very peaceful, easy feeling, even though I am quite structured about it. Um, On the other hand, like when my babies were little, and I've talked about this many times on the show, like with sleep schedules and nap schedules, that is an example of something that I think I let my desire for structure get cross over into that territory of feeling not fun or feeling like I was um like a slave to something that really didn't matter except in my head. So it's just interesting. Those are two common ones, I think, for moms of young kids controlling screen time, controlling bedtime schedules. And I had a, and I had very different reactions to them. And I don't know why, but I do know what that feeling is when it's like. I've decided something's important and I've got to stick to it and it doesn't feel fun. And that was yeah. more the case with sleeping and nap schedules and bedtimes. You know, I've talked on the show about how I avoided yeah. things just to get kids to bed on time. And I'm not sure that was healthy for anyone. Whereas the screen time thing, I don't feel that way about. It just is what I do. So, yeah.
0: Well, so, so is that more of a, a cerebral thing or is it like a, in your body like feeling? Oh, it, everything is cerebral.
1: Everything is cerebral with me. Yeah. I, like, <laughs> I was going to say, do you even know
0: what that's like? No. <laughs> like sometimes I don't think something I just feel it and it's really yeah. hard for me to explain what that's like yeah um, but yeah <laughs> so, i a- like I'll literally feel a physical reaction like I will have a physical like I will feel physically de-energized by mm-hmm. a mental thing yeah instead of thinking instead of even thinking a thought that this is messed up I just feel messed up it's just yeah. it's a weird thing and it no it took me actually a long time to be in touch with that enough to know what was going on I'd be like why am I tired right now right why right. do I feel so drained and weak? You know, yeah, it's I, just think, a weird I think that's something, something I'm still
1: working on is connecting like the way my body feels to what's going on in my head. That is like that is a good hmm. that's something that is does not come naturally to me. So I know there's a connection for sure. Um, right, OK, you're not
0: always making that connection.
1: Yeah. Um, well, oh, my gosh, I feel like this was awesome. I feel like if listeners want more on our yeah. personalities, we did a two parter a long time ago on our Myers-Briggs type and our Enneagram types. And so if you're just getting oh to know gosh, us yes. and really want to peel back the layer, um, I will link to those in the show notes. But before we wrap, we have a fun little announcement about our Lifeless and Network growing.
0: And so excited about this. I
1: know. So we have a new show. It will be launching This week that you're listening to this um, and it's called Selfie. So tell everybody who is hosting Selfie.
0: Well, it's our friends, Sarah James and Kristen Howerton. You may know Kristen from Rage Against the Minivan and Sarah from the blog Whirl, which is W-H-O-O-R-L. O-O-R-L. Whirl. It's It's O-O-R-L. Yeah. Okay. Whirl. Yes. And I've known them forever um, as blogging friends and we go way back in that way and when we knew we wanted to grow this network they were some of the first people we thought of um happened to run into them at a conference and it turned out they wanted to do a podcast Yeah, they were already
1: talking about it yeah Yeah.
0: and the rest is history but it's a great it's it's basically about kind of about self-help i guess and personal development but so funny and yes. Show and shares both of their sides of the story and, and very different experiences that they've had. Yeah.
1: So it's called Selfie and they are kind of playing off of the idea of self-care, but self-care from both the very superficial and the fun, the beauty and the fashion. And then also right down into the deep. So they kind of talk about mental self-care, spiritual self-care. Yeah. From their own two perspectives. And it is fantastic. So there should be an episode in your podcast feed if you search for Selfie or we will of course link to it at themomhour.com and um, we're just really excited for them. Congrats on their launch and we know you guys are going to love that show. So again, it's called Selfie. Go find it wherever you get your podcasts.
0: All right, Megan, should we wrap up? I think we should wrap it up. Um, This has been really fun. I loved like dishing out all my dirt and making myself look bad for you, Sarah. I'm hoping it (laughs) made you feel better about
1: yourself. i'm not sure let's just call it neutral we just we okay we <laughs> we've just even the playing field i don't Is know if going we sound better or worse but maybe more more deep maybe there's more depth more to real All we're right. real yes we are
0: multifaceted people
1: Well, as always, the show notes will be at themomhour.com. This was episode 121. Thanks to our sponsors, Prep Dish and Blue Kicks. The info on how to cash in on those special deals that they are offering are also at themomhour.com. Great. We'll talk to you next time.
0: Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code theMomHour. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E R I K A dot A P P, and use code theMomHour to save 20%. Sarah, I started a Substack last spring, just kind of as an experiment, and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life.
1: Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general.
0: You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom or listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's, francis.substack.com.